This is the Wealth Game Podcast, where business owners and investors learn the game of growing and keeping more of their wealth through the same tax and investment strategies used by the wealthy. Your host, Brent Beeman, is a CPA, tax advisor, and president of Beeman & Company. In this episode, we'll go over the real estate professional status and why it matters and the specific things that you need to do to qualify for that. So first, what it is and why it matters. The real estate professional status is it's an IRS classification for like doing certain things in a certain way and how your taxes can be treated because of that. I'll go into more details on that later, but it's when you hear real estate professional, it's not if you are licensed as a real estate agent or as a broker, or if you've been doing real estate for 10 years, or you've been an investor for 20 years, it's, it's not that. There are very specific requirements with the IRS, which we will talk about here in just a second. But first, let's go over, um, we talked about what it is, let's talk about why it matters. If you are a real estate investor, and let's say you, you invest in long-term properties. These are long-term hold properties. Your tenants are there for an average of more than seven days. Like most, a typical single-family residence, let's say your tenants are there about a year. If you own one of those rental real estate properties, that property will likely be a passive investment for you because real estate by nature is passive and in the tax laws recorded, reported as passive and you're normally not spending enough hours for it to be active. And here's, I know I'm, you've got to understand these key terms, the passive and active, and there's participation, there's all these different tests, but that word passive has a lot of meaning when it comes to how your taxes are filed. Because if you buy the real estate property, or if we're trying to take deductions on this real estate or this investment, and it's quote unquote passive in the eyes of the IRS, those, any losses that are created from that specific property or that specific investment, it's, it's deemed as passive. It is limited in what it can offset. So if you've got this $100,000 rental property and it's passive and you're really excited about these real estate losses in the first year or accelerated depreciation and you want to go and take a $30,000 deduction to offset your W-2 wages, if it's all passive and you're over these income limits, that is not possible. You cannot take all those those deductions and offset your W-2 income. W-2 income is not passive, of course. That's active income. That's ordinary income. And your real estate investments would be passive. Another example, let's say you put, let's say you put $100,000 into a real estate syndicated fund, like an investment fund where they pool the funds and they go and buy some real estate. You're just a, a limited, a 1% limited partner or something like that. Um, if you're that limited partner, by nature, you are going to be a passive a passive investor and you're going to have passive losses likely from, from them creating uh, depreciation through the properties they're buying. The people managing the properties, like the GPs, the managers, they're likely not passive or they are real estate professionals and they're getting the deductions. You are allocated deductions and you get a K-1 where it shows the deductions. But if you've ever been let down by not being able to use these deductions, these passive losses to offset your ordinary income, this is why the real estate professional status can come into play. Because because they're passive, you don't get to use them in that year, we've got to just push them into future years until you have 
passive income, like when the property sells or other passive income that it can offset. But you don't lose it, you just carry it forward to future years. So here's the opportunity. As a real estate professional, if you meet the requirements that I will talk about in just a second, meeting those requirements will open up the door for you to use those passive losses, accelerate depreciation, use the passive losses to offset your active and your ordinary income. That is the benefit. And the tax savings can be, can just be crazy. It's on a $30,000 deduction, you could be putting 10, 15, 10 or $15,000 back in your pocket, depending on your tax bracket. And that depends on your deduction, of course, but you can put in a lot more money into your pocket when you are a real estate professional. So here's how you qualify for it. There are two main tests that I want you to remember. The first test is an hour requirement test. This is the one that a lot of people know. If you've heard of real estate professional, you've probably heard this, but it's a 750 hour test. This 750 hour, it's a 750 hour requirement. It resets every single calendar year because that's those are the years when you file your tax return. But every single calendar year, if you are spending 750 or more hours in real estate, in real estate related activities, and real estate activity, real estate related activities can include the construction development, acquisition, say you're closing on a property, you're working with the lenders, or if you're doing the repairs and the maintenance, you're the one, if you're tearing up the floor, you're tearing down walls, uh, if you're doing that work, or if you are the one cleaning the properties, if if you're cleaning the properties, if you are maintaining the properties, you're mowing the lawn, if you're managing tenants, if you're depositing checks, like if you are just part of the day-to-day operations of running your rental properties, or developing or constructing those rental properties, those that's where you can get those 750 hours. It is, it's a lot of hours. If you have one rental property, I'd say like one long-term rental property, it's really hard to qualify for that first test for the 750 hour rule. It, it is possible. I've seen it before where if you bought the property that year and you did all the maintenance and you did all the improvements and you're replacing the floor and doing sheetrock and paint, if you're doing all that, all those hours will count. You could qualify for one property, but it's more realistic and more common when we're seeing people that have multiple properties that they're managing. So that's test number one to qualify as a real estate professional, and that is having 750 hours. If you meet that test, move over to step no, or to uh, test number two. Test number two is if out of all your real estate activities, you add up all your hours, if you did real estate more than your other job or more than your other activities, that is the second test. So if you here and here's how it works. If you have a full-time job and say you're making or you're you're working 1500 hours a year in this full-time job, If you're working 1,500 hours a year in your full-time job and 750 hours a year in real estate, you do pass test number one. You got the 750-hour requirement met, but you don't pass test number two because you worked 750 hours in real estate and double that on your regular job. So you would have to work 1,501 hours in real estate to be working more than your other job. So you've got to understand that. Uh, if, if say, you work a part-time job, 
and you work 700 700 hours in a part-time job. In real estate, you have 750 hours. In that example, you would meet the test. Or if you have no other job and your spouse is working, your spouse works full-time, but you don't have any full-time or part-time job, you all you need to do is just meet the 750-hour requirement. Your spouse works their full-time job. You focus on the real estate. That is sometimes when we talk with people, we'll, we'll convince the spouse or one or the other, we'll convince them like, hey, it might be worth it for you to focus all of your effort. Like don't, don't get the other person's help. Let's have you do all the work, all the management. Let's get you over the 750-hour requirement because your spouse has the full-time job and they're not going to meet enough hours. So you, you don't combine hours. It's not, we don't add up the hours for two people. It's one person's hours. They would be the real estate professional. And that's what would open up those losses. Instead of being passive losses that are limited and we've got to carry them over to future years, we could use those losses to offset current year income, current year ordinary income, W-2 income, non-passive income. And that's where you get a ton of benefit as a real estate professional. So just remember to follow those two rules and then track it. Make sure you track your hours. Whether you're using a calendar, a calendar app like Google, like a Google calendar, you can kind of color code your real estate professional hours or you got a spreadsheet. There's websites like Reps Tracker, R-E-P-S Tracker.com. That's another place where you can track your hours and document them up and upload documentation. If you've got phone calls with with cleaners or phone call with construction uh, repairmen or handymen, people that are working on your properties, those those would count. You're, that's part of the management of your property. Things that do not count are education hours. If you're re- sitting down and reading a book about real estate investing, that doesn't count. If you are driving to your rental property, the driving time, like travel time doesn't count. If you're on a 24-hour road trip across the country to look at real estate, that wouldn't count. It's got to be in the actual real estate related activities. So travel and education, just remember to pull those hours out and don't don't add those. Let's get you over the 750 hour limit without those. But track, like make sure you've got documentation, track it. You won't have any issues with it, in my opinion. But it's a great way to decrease your taxes and just really accelerate your wealth growth because you're not being held back with taxes and you can just roll those, those funds into, into your future investments. Well, have a have a great time doing that and remember the documentation on it. Thank you for listening to today's episode. Be sure to subscribe and please provide a review of what you thought of this episode. For specific topic requests or questions to be covered, please email questions at wealthgamepodcast.com. Yeah.